one of the guys we fired, he I pulled into the warehouse. I mean, sorry, into the office, and I was like, "Hey, man, we need to talk about this. We have all this proof that you've been stealing. Like, you're fired." Yeah. He's like, "Okay, I just have to go to the bathroom real quick." And then he leaves, and he still had the keys to the truck in his pocket. <gasps> and I don't know what his plan was, but he just drove off in the ice cream truck. Like, he just got into the truck and just drove through town. <laughs> Like, as if you're not going to be able to find so him. you're not going to be able to find him. So, like, I called the police, and um, we called the police, and I was like, hey, this guy, like, we have a stolen, I want to report a stolen Mr. Softy ice cream truck. And the lady was actually like, oh, what is it? Can you report, can you describe the vehicle? Like soft serve, dipping down in the June sun. I tried to shoot a thought, but the thought sunk. Nothing to do but scratch words in the dirt and watch the water roll down. It's about to pour. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Ari Shavir's Skeptic Tank. How are you, everybody? I am great. Oh, I'm at the New Carrollton train station. Outside Washington, D.C. About, wow, it's about to pour so hard. This guy is fucking black right now. Oh, oh, you should see this. You can see just above the clouds, perfect white. Perfect blue, I mean. Like, there's a little break. Wow. Fucking nature, man. One time I was in uh, Alaska. First time I was there. And they had this mud that freezes over. Whoa, thunder! Fuck that story. I'm just gonna do this introduction. Um, they have this mud that freezes over in the inlet or wherever we were staying, in the Anchorage, and it freezes all summer, all winter long. And uh, I was walking along this—not a boardwalk, but just a bike trail—and I was gonna walk out into the frozen mud, and it said, "Don't walk there. Not safe." And I was like, "All right, go fuck yourself." Sign. So I went out there. I took 25 paces out, and right behind me maybe 15 paces back, a big chunk of the mud was thawing out. It was March or April, whatever it was, and uh, just fell in. And I realized no one's out there to help me in any way. If it falls in under me, I'm, I mean, most likely dead. No one's going to find me. I'm going to fucking die in this fucking frozen mud water. So I went, like, around the caved-in part and went back in. Man. <laughs> Nature doesn't give a shit about you. <sighs> Nature's kind of like the U.S. government. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ari Shakespeare's Skeptic Take, episode 221. Mr. Okay, this is all about my friend Turner Sparks, who I met in Shanghai. He's a Shanghai comedian. He's actually a promoter. He promoted the shows that I went out there for. Uh, him and his buddy Andy. And um, he's visiting New York. We went to a Yankee game. It was fun as shit with his brother. Um, it's cool meeting friends in other parts of the world. Even in, in, in uh, Thailand, where I went to the full moon parties, my, my, my Hong Kong friends came to visit. Um, Andy went out to Shanghai. Well, I guess he went out there to study English, but, or teach English. But um, he started uh, Mr. Softy. What's it called? Not when you have a chain. But like when you open up a new ch- new store in that chain, like open up a popular franchise. Guess who found it? Um, open up Mr. Softy franchise in and around Shanghai in Suzhou. Um, and so we just talked about you know the trials and tribulations of starting a fucking American business in a country where they've never even heard of an ice cream truck. 
they've never even heard of it. So it's like, how do you even do that? Well, if you want to know, listen to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Take, episode 221, Mr. Softu. Is that title racist? Quite possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, but racist jokes aren't the same thing as being racist. I've been over this before. Uh, uh, okay, I should start, right? There was something I was going to say before I started. Oh, okay, so... I'm doing my, this is not happening story until show sold out at Union Hall. There's a chance somebody doesn't show. You can, you can show up June 4th. The lineup's going to be great. Uh, the next one's June 30th at the stand. Um... But what we're doing in Los Angeles, in the Belly Room, every other Thursday, starting this Thursday, June I don't know, 4th, yes, that's it, June 4th, um, we are doing, this is not happening, workout shows. I'm not going to be there. But we're going to get some people, Simone, maybe Diaz, a few different people, to host them. And we're just going to do some stories, kind of let some comics fuck around. Since I'm not in L.A., the, the way we cast it is mostly the first year we just went and got the best stories we had over the five years we've been doing the show. And we just said, hey, would you like to do that story again and record it? Put it out for the world. Um, like the John Huck story about Oktoberfest, which you should all look up on YouTube. We saw it. We're like, hey, man, that was great. Can you come in and do that for a recording? And he did. And it's got, you know, 200,000 hits. One drop. One raindrop. So let's do some fuck around shows. We're going to just have a few comics go up. I think it's 8 o'clock in the belly room every other Thursday, June 4th, June 18th, June 32nd. And uh, at the end of the stories, we're going to let the crowd. This is the way I work out stories. I let Diaz just does them for the first time on stage, like in a recording. Man, that story he told at the end of last season, that, that was just so fucking amazing. But um, what I do is I'll go on stage sometimes at a shitty night at the comedy store, and I'll, I'll tell a story, and then I'll finish. I'm like, okay, that's my story. It clearly wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, we could all hear the loss. I'll make fun of myself a little while. And then I'll be like, any questions? And then uh, when it's great, the, the audience, when I get them on my side... When I really connect, they'll they'll ask me. They'll be like, "Yeah," like they'll say things like, "How'd you go to prison in the first place?" Or like, and "That's not one of my stories." But like, or uh, wait, whatever happened to that one guy? You, he left, but did he ever come back? Or and did you ever see the girl again? And whatever it is. So we're gonna have those fu- some fuck around shows. And this is not happening fuck around shows. It's gonna be free or five dollars, um, which is just gonna go to pay the host. Uh, so come eight o'clock in the belly room at the comedy store. Um, they'll be cool. They'll be cool. I won't be there, but I will be there when we record the next season of this not happening. So, um, that's it for that. And I'm going to be the DC Improv in July, July 17th, I think, 17th to the 19th. Montreal, Edinburgh. Uh, you know what? I should put tickets for the this is not happening fuck around shows on my website. So go to AriTheGreat.com. I know I haven't been great at updating my website on time, but fucking get busy with fucking going to Thailand. Two full moons in a row is on the beach. Two in a row. One in Kofanyang, Thailand, and one in Dewey Beach, Maryland. Man, I haven't been to Dewey Beach in so fucking long. I mean, it'd been like 15 years since I've been there. It's been a long time. And man, it got older. Hmm. It might have just been because we're uh, on an off weekend. It was after Memorial Day. But it was empty and it was fucking old. It's cool to see those fucking lifers. 
those lifer beach people. It's cool to see them. There's the grizzle, the, like the the oh the taco toss. Went to the taco toss on Friday, which I remember being glorious. But I was like, what was a toss for? And my friend Polo was like, it's for throwing up. I'm like, no, 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 they they throw them to you, right? He's like, no, it's the taco toss is because it's imitation meat. You get throw up drunk, and you barf out imitation meat and imitation cheese whiz. It was fun as shit, man. I love getting drunk with my friends. I brought two joints, didn't even use them. I'm bringing them back. Love the train. All right, let's start the episode, shall we? I mean, I'm positive there was something else I was planning on telling you. Ooh, the drizzling is starting. Um, positive, but I forget what it was. I played golf for the first time in two years, and I shot a 129. And then we played a part three, and I shot an 85. This is all stupid. Let's start the episode. Ari Shapiro's Capitech. Episode... 221 Missile Softu with Turner Sparks. Here we go. Your love is better than ice cream, better than anything else that I've tried. Your love is better than ice cream. Everyone here knows how to fight. Couple years. But I mean, like you spent what you spent like half the year, sort of half the year. But I go back to well, I go back to LA for the winter. So as soon as I see ice, I'm out. What's that? When's that happen? What's ice? No, no. no. When does that happen? Oh, uh, like in December. And then I quickly okay. get out of here. I think this last year I stayed till January eighth. So it's perfect. Pilot season, and everything. Right? Yeah, technically. I didn't go out for any pilots last year though. Right. Doesn't. Yeah, still, I, I thought about it at the, towards the end of policies. I'm like, I think, what, what was I even here for in LA? And I was like, oh yeah, because it sucks in New York. Yeah, well, I think like the first time we were trying to book you, Justin like cancels out a few people because he's like, ah, oh, it's pilot season, mm-hmm. no travel during this time. You get a number of when we try to book comedians. I was trying to stay in for a few years, so like, let me give it a chance. I got an agent, so I was like, let me fucking give this a go. Actually, be here. Yeah, we did it in June though. It was fucking great. The, sh- the tour? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How late do you guys do sh- shows till? June. That was, that's the last that was one the last of the season. One. And then when do you start yeah. up again? September. And then nothing in December? Yeah, we don't do December. We Why? Because do... all the expats go home? Exactly. Yeah, everyone yeah. leaves. It's like it, living there, it's like living at like like college, you know? Like no one's there at Christmas, no one's there in the summer. So it's like there's a few people, but like yeah, not much. Dead. Yeah, it's yeah. dead. Do new, new relationships start there between the expats or the people who like are in town? During the summer? Or whenever it is. I'm saying, Breakup like, season is always Christmas. Why? I, I guess because people leave then. I don't know. But oh, it's right. like, it's happened. I've I've seen like 10 people, over the course of a month, like 10 relationships that I knew that I thought were going strong all and? end. Yeah, because I think it's like, also people leave then, they move home. In the summer? They're on summer. Or no, Christmas. it's normally Christmas for some reason. I think people are on like... Well, when year. they go home, like when they're on their, when they're finished with their contract, then obviously it's like breakup time. Exactly. Yeah. So they're out there like Pfizer or something. It's yeah. Like they're making Viagra or something. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and it's Christmas time, and they're like, "All right." Uh, I had a roommate. He was from Belgium. Yeah. And his girlfriend was Chinese, and he just and she was like the most annoying chick. Yeah. Time. Like she would come over. She she had nothing to do with our apartment when we lived in this like shithole apartment but then we moved in this nicer place and then she just moved all of her stuff in what was really there all the time and was like 
I'd come home from work. She'd just been sitting on the couch all day, like eating peanuts and throwing shells on the ground. <laughs> and so she was horrible, but he was like a classic dude. He didn't know how to break up with her. You know? Yeah. And so then he was like, he was moving home. And he was like, yo, don't tell Libby. Like, don't tell her I'm... I'm Why, well, he didn't want to break up? He didn't want to have to break he up, didn't want to break up with her. So he just told her he was coming back in two weeks and just left. And then just never came back? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Back to Belgium. Did he take her phone calls or anything? I don't think so. She came knocking on the door like a week or two later. And my roommate and I, the other two, the other roommate and I were like so happy. Oh, you got to just, tell her? We got to tell her, yeah. Oh, no, he's never coming yeah, back. Yeah, this is not. This is what happens when you leave peanut shells on people's floors you're no longer welcome here because <laughs> your only tie to the place is gone now time to get so. an apartment where you have to pay rent for wow so <laughs> the locks aren't changed yet but we've called the guy so exactly. <laughs> you should consider yourself evicted the guy's bees over there do you know any of these people yet no i think this is like how long have you been here like a two-story thing it's all theirs a week i just got here yeah Oh, what are they like? Is this weights? No, it's a fucking fire escape. What the? Yeah, I think it's weighted on that end. So when you walk towards the other end, then it like goes down and it becomes steps. <laughs> like at an angle. Are they handicapped or something? No, I just think they're like artsy. Were you, you here when that escape. didn't that building burn down? Is that in this neighborhood? It blew up. It is around here. Is it? Yeah, I can show you later. It's like seventh. It's on Second Avenue on like seventh and eighth. And then everybody's like, we're building Maybe fire six, escapes. Sixth and ninth, somewhere in there. It's on the east side of the street. I mean, the west side of the street. What? And then everyone now is building fire escapes. Oh, that thing just blew up. Yeah. It was some um, fucking guy who was trying to siphon off gas from the place next door. Is that what it they was? They had an inspection. He hired them to like, all right, make it legit for a minute. And then had him be- putting it back to siphon shit off again. And that's what? when it blew up. So he's definitely in jail. I mean, yeah. In China, they'd kill you for that. Done. If somebody died over that, they're like, you c- circumvented our safety rules and killed someone. Done. You'll be kinged, right? I just heard of a kid, so I heard it like yesterday. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure it's true. Um, he was an open mic comic in Shanghai. Yeah. C- couldn't find him for the past like three days. Yeah. And just yesterday, everyone's like, oh yeah, he got arrested for selling drugs. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like a Canadian. I think he's Canadian. Wow. What's yeah. going to happen to him there? Depends on how much. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who was a Chinese guy, and he was a um, narcotics officer. Yeah. And he was telling me, and he busted up the shipments, like truckloads coming in from Burma and everything, you know, yeah. of heroin or whatever. I don't know how that comes in. Good, but the good stuff? The, I guess. Yeah. Because he was pretty good at his job. And uh, he said that every um, like bus that he did, when he stopped on the side of the highway, ended in a firefight. Because they knew they were going to die. They're going to be put to death. Yeah. Trafficking drugs. Trafficking is Dude, death. I was so upset that I didn't take anything with me. I could have walked straight through the gate with whatever I In wanted. In China? Yes. You could have, yeah. In Shanghai Airport. There was not even a, anyone who would have... It's the most lax place for like a communist... I mean, you like, walk right... There's a guy just stamping your passport. And then did you see there's a little button where you can approve, you can give them like an approval rating? Oh, really? Like, you're like, oh, oh good yeah. service, medium service. Oh, yeah, that's like right. Like, frowny face. Yeah, that's not right. So good you service. get to rate them right then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, nobody was stopping you at all. There's no dogs. There was no humans even looking at anybody. Yeah, no, there's nothing. It was I, like the Burbank Airport. Pretty much. Shanghai International. And we've also, yeah, people have also been like, hey, I'm coming. I mean, it wasn't worth the risk, but. Exactly. That's the thing. I mean, this guy's, like, done. But hindsight 2020, I totally should have. Yeah. Well, but I heard dealing is not as bad as trafficking. trafficking well, that's what I was going to say. But shit. I think it's still a few years. Really? In Chinese prison. If you're dealing. Yeah. Yeah. Just using is not as bad, though. I've never heard of anyone getting caught, but they're really cracking down now. The new president took over like two years ago. 
and he's cracking down on corruption. First thing he did was oh, really? arrest government officials. Oh, really? For corruption. And then now they're all thousands. corrupt, though. Well, that's the thing. So he can arrest whoever, he yeah. wants, you know, and then now they're going after drug, drug dealing and like pornography. I, one of my favorite memories is walking down that street in Shanghai towards where you had me put up mm-hmm. and just smoking a joint and, and uh, with impunity. Yeah. Knowing they're not going to know what this is. Yeah, well, that's what everyone thought. But, I mean, then this thing happened recently, and, like, right. everyone's really freaked out now. Yeah. I mean, I was never into it anyway, so, like... Just- In Thailand, they said they only worry about the drugs that the um, that the Thai people take. So, like, opium and shit uh, like okay. that. But um, the foreign drugs, like cocaine and, 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 um, and weed, they don't give a shit. Yeah, really? it's only expats. <laughs> it's like, ugh, let them kill themselves. That's how they feel about it. How was that trip? Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, not much uh, stand-up. Oh, yeah. Show. I'm supposed to go down. I'm trying to go down there later in the summer. What, with Childress? Or the one you played. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's Later only, it's like in the summer. Show. Or maybe in the fall. Oh, it was know. 95 with like 80% humidity. Oh, really? In early May. Maybe I'll push that back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do, but they didn't seem like it was unseasonably warm either. Oh, No really? one was like, oh, the weather today. They were like... It's just normal. Hi, just like welcome to Bangkok. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 1 a.m., the heavy sweats. Yeah. was You are staying in a nice place, though, right? Stayed in okay. There's no not nice places for over 40 bucks. Yeah, I went like 10 years ago, and I stayed for like 14 bucks. Really? In some dirt bag. Yeah, you can go dirty if you want to there. Yeah. But it's not... Yeah, it's some savings. It depends how much you have, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's it really not does. that much. Yeah. Uh, but I remember just sweating all night. Just like booze, you know? Just the dirty Bangkok booze coming out. Yeah, yeah, the Changs. Yeah. The Changs flow out of you. <laughs> I think they water down those Changs anyway. Definitely. Sometimes singers cost 10, 10 baht more, and sometimes the other way. Well, the Changs cost oh, 10 baht Singa more. Between Singa and Chang? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's been a while. You haven't been to Thailand? No, it's been like a long time. Been like 10 years? Do you have to leave every six months like the rest of them? No, because Mr. Softy. Because Mr. Softy. Because uh, so you, you're actually there doing a business. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have, if you work for a company, or you run your own company or whatever, then you the company gets you like your visa. So if you if you go over there working for Pfizer, you don't have to leave every six months, right? Because you're there on a real legit contract. Oh, it's legit. You know, <laughs> and so you have, um, you get you get up to one year one year visas. When you're okay. working visas. And then you don't have to leave. You just give it to the secretary and she renews it and you get an every, every year. year. Yeah. Who was that guy who said he had a, who was a comic who said he had, was on a seven year um, uh, tourist, tourist visa? visa? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 He's hilarious. Just to, uh, because just, their system is like they never Google anything. Yeah. I heard someone got kicked out for drugs for Coke in, in Beijing and they stamped her passport and never allowed to return. And she just steamed it out and came right back. I heard about that too. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah, like, just steamed it out. Day, I said, hey mom, I got to go back to China. Yeah, you got a steamer? Yeah. <laughs> I just came to use your steamer real quick. Exactly. I'm way to a different city in China. We'll find out with this dude. I have no idea. But like even when I went to get my visa, and I'm used to Canada, which is like used to be kind of like you would lie to them and say you were visiting a friend. And yeah. then it became like they would just Google your name. Like, well, what's this? Well, that's right. What's yeah. the show you're doing? There was a, a comedian um, we were trying to bring out who uh, s- said that. He was like, oh, I don't, I think, I don't know if I can get in because my visa is not like the correct one. And then yeah. um, when I went to Canada, I got caught and they wouldn't let me into the country. And I was like, well, I don't think, like, you've, now you've seen the border yeah, guards, right? I'm like, these people aren't watching American television. No, not at all. Not they don't know, know anything about anything Western. Yeah. 
They just don't. Yeah. yeah they're just great. not interested in it. They just don't the want to catch some disease. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, don't cough on so me, then, please. They, you need to write down your hotel information and all that mm-hmm. stuff because if um, – I've, I've known people who then they've gone and found them somehow and like quarantined them. Like, oh, they'll really? Like, they'll go to your hotel like three days if later. If you're on a plane. And they'll be like, hey, we found out this plane had this. And then they'll just put you in some other hotel for like two or three days till they sort it all out. Wow. But then you can't leave the hotel. Yeah, but I mean, if you get room service and HBO, it's not bad. <laughs> I don't but know if that comes with if it. If you got basic, that's not great. <laughs> and that's, yeah, it depends. As far. Yeah. Um, um, wait, what was I just going to say? About the Chinese guy who stamps you. I don't know. So wait, you come back here and like I get grilled every time I come back to the U.S. About what? Just anything. Like a lot of times they'll ask for a business card because you're like, what do you do for a living? Like, oh, um, I don't even tell them comedy. I'm just like, I have an ice cream truck business. And they're like, really? You have an ice cream? You're American though, right? Or Canadian? No, I'm American. Okay. But it's just like anytime they see a passport that has a bunch of stamps in it. They wonder. They're just like, what do you, what's going on? One time I came back and they put, they put every, I don't know how many other third, fourth person, whatever, they put an X when you're coming through the, the border to America. Okay. And they're like, you go to a separate line. And I was like, what's, why do some people get the X and some people not? She's like, I can't tell you, sir. I'm like, why? And she goes, for security. And I was like, yeah, my security. I'm an American. Sweet. Tell no me why. why. <laughs> yeah, you're putting me here. And she was like, uh. anyway, whatever. So why did you go there? How long have you been working at Mr. Softy before you went there? No, um, it's the opposite. So, like, I went there to teach English. Well, I was 22. Oh. So, like, 11 years ago, I moved there to teach English. Did they make you pay to teach English there? Or did they no, 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 no. That is a thing, but that is that's a thing. for that's suckers. All, that's all I found. And I was like, I'm not paying you no, guys. No, no, no. You pay me. <laughs> exactly. I would have done it otherwise. Yeah, it's like, come for six weeks to beautiful Cambodia and, like, pay $3,000 and you can teach these kids. Yeah, and it's like, wait, what? what? No, you just do, like, one extra Google and you uh, can find this is right before Google probably yeah this I did it InfoSeek I, I was 2004 work. I was like right when Google I, I was like 99 yeah there you go yeah that made a big difference damn I was like what? there's gotta be a better yeah come on so then what I did I got this like TEFL certificate which is teaching English as a foreign language mm-hmm. it's a one month class it's like nothing right but you have to pay for that I was like a thousand bucks okay you can use it anywhere, I guess. Then you can teach like any yeah any country in the world. You're certified, so you can get higher pay and yeah. like you get jobs easy and stuff like that. But an actual job, it's still w- more worth it. Yeah, you're getting paid. Yeah. And then you get, so then I did that for a month in this city in China. There's this American lady who was running it. In which city in China? Oh, city. Oh, sorry, Suzhou. Which oh, is that's where I right. Live. Why do you live in Suzhou and not fucking this Shanghai? Is, this is telling you. Well, first of all, Shanghai's 20 minutes on the train. Yeah. I think you took a car or something. But, but then you got to get to the train. I, mean, I sound exactly like, like, this is like New Jersey people. The same, th- same shit, man. It is. They go, it's just two <laughs> stops over in Brooklyn. No, no, no. It ain't two stops. It's sometimes two stops. But then I rent an apartment in Shanghai as well with Drew Freilich, the comedian. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Wow, so you can be there a lot. So when I'm there, I can stay. I don't have to get hotels and everything. You got a girlfriend there? Yeah. Yeah. That you met there? Yeah, I met her like two years ago. Where's she from? 
She's from Suzhou, the city I live in. She's fucking straight Chinese. Straight up Chinese. Your Chinese is that good? Uh, it's good, but it's okay. But her English is... Like, she lived in America for a while. Oh, and then okay. she lived in England. She went to grad school in England. And can you talk, when can you talk dirty in Chinese? Yeah. Can you be like, that's my pussy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done that with her? She sure want to be. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I had a friend when I first moved out there. My friend and I started playing basketball, and um, my buddy JD and I started playing basketball. We both came from America, yeah. And um, we just like barely knew Chinese, but we we got frustrated because like shit talking basketball, they wouldn't understand us, and we were doing it in English. So we were learning like really basic Chinese that now, in hindsight, doesn't actually make sense. (laughs) Like what? Like he was like, dude, you can say. like he's like I just I just found out like my friend told me if you say like your pussy's bleeding that's what like they all know <laughs> so like need to be Oshui need to be Oshui and then we learned out later like no one says that at all so everyone's super confused when they look at us that's <laughs> the best is you just don't know the tones <laughs> of stuff <laughs> yeah like that's not a charge it's a f- come on dude I was started standing right here when I was in Israel I used to ask them to pass the chicken but they don't call they don't use the word chicken they use the word fowl fowl just like we do beef. We don't, so it's like saying past the cow. Oh, and okay. Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. And I'm like, I know I, that was the right word for chicken. That's been so ridiculous. Yeah, you, you, you end up looking like an idiot. Yeah. Even knowing it. Wait, so you were there teaching English in Suzhou? Yeah. So Suzhou I, had those buildings. Oh, that one had the weird skyline they built, right? The it looks business like, like a pants building. Yeah. So I live right in the middle there. Yeah. And the, what was the pants? What was the pants building? I don't, it just, it's, just, it's just two buildings. That they look like the legs of pants, and then it comes up to meet like the crotch. Yeah, what's their deal? They want like to have holes in their buildings for good luck. Yeah, it's some, feng shui or something like that. I the don't evil really know. ghosts can get through. So yeah, that's like, what it is. It's so like the ghosts caught. can fly through. Although they're all atheists, so like, I don't know how the ghost thing works. But yeah, um, yeah, they do. All the buildings have like a hole in them, and then there's this building in in Shanghai. Yeah, that had a circle hole in it, and uh, the architects had approved it and everything it was just about to be finished or it was like halfway up yeah and the city found out and everyone flipped out because they thought it looked like the japanese flag oh and they hate japanese oh, people oh yeah so then they changed it to like a square so now it looks like a bottle opener oh yeah i remember the bottle opener that was supposed to be a circle wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, was that you telling me about the rape of nanking probably Ooh, yeah that was a rough japanese one. bro yeah putao putao <laughs> they were they yeah, they locked it. the gates of a city of like a few million people. The city was walled, like for the old days. Yeah. Like um, when different kingdoms attacked. But they used it. They locked them on, like locked everyone in, and then raped and killed everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Whoa. Pretty much everybody. Just went through the city. Yeah, they went through. I don't know if we, I'm trying to think if we went there. No, we didn't no. go there. But it was not far away. Really? Everywhere. Yeah. So they're not the biggest Do they have fans. tours or were you like now? Dude, Rape they have kill? a war atrocities museum. Oh, really? That you can go through. It's really rough. you ever been to the killing fields in Cambodia? No, I haven't. No, I'd like to go visit all the sites of torture and like. All the rough mouths, ones? Cur- killings <laughs> and shit like that. Like, yeah. Where the, where the streets flowed red. It's just a bummer. Like, yeah. you just can't. I don't know. I think we had a show that night, and I just couldn't. It was, like, so rough. In Nanking? Yeah. Oh. And then it was, like, so rough to, do, like, tell jokes. After going to that museum? It was, like, going, oh, it was, like yeah. watching Precious and then going to see, or going to do comedy. <laughs> I don't know. That movie blew me up. Hey, you know anything about uh, gardening? No, nothing. Okay. Why? I was wondering if I grab some of those vines and, like, break them off and then put them on here, if they'll grow on their own here. Do vines, like, survive like that? I have no idea. Ask the next-door neighbors. 
Well, oh, I'm, no, theirs are coming up from the ground, right? Yeah, I'm doing that to block them out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. You need some privacy. This is your whole garden, though. Yeah, it's mine. I mean, pretty rad, right? It's pretty good. That side's covered. I mean, I guess there's windows up there, but I don't care if those people watch me. Yeah. What are they going to watch? Yeah, you got some work ahead of you. Although, it looks like it takes care of itself so far. What do you mean? The garden? It's, it's full. Yeah, sort of. I'm going to hatchet off some of these branches, get a little more, like, light on the subject. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay. So, you're there teaching English. Yep. In fucking superstitious land. In, yeah. In Suzhou. In Suzhou, that was my example of, like, how big China is, because you're like... There's it, 8 million people there. And it's just this tiny and town. No They're like, ah, oh, we're a small city. You know what it really feels like? I grew up in Sacramento. It feels like the size Sacramento. of Sacramento. Which is, like, 500,000 in the city, 2 million in the, in the whole... It, that's how it feels even it though it's feels. way bigger like when you're walking Phoenix around like eight million is about the same but that feels like a city yeah exactly it's nothing like yeah, that. shit's not open late in suzhou yeah when you're walking around downtown there's like a few bars there's places to hang out but it's not like crazy like whoa there's all this stuff so there's bars there's nice restaurants but like how a medium-sized american city would have you know? yeah yeah where do you eat chinese places or um sometimes but I, that's the first few years at first like while you're like I'm just gonna eat Chinese I'm gonna like the yeah. culture and then like three months in you're like alright I'm going to McDonald's yeah you want a burger you this want some regular shit right yeah. what you're raised with yeah it's finally making sense to me now because it's like um all these fucking you know Chinese people here just eat Chinese food yeah and the Mexicans eat at Mexican places and probably like, when they know, come they're like no I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. go New Yorker try some spaghetti and a burger culture. and it's like alright go yeah. back I'm back to burritos yeah exactly yeah and um, but yeah, so now now there's like a, there's like Italian people move there, open Italian restaurants. Oh really? So all these people come with a business, and then they decide to quit their job, but they decide to stay. So they open. So there's like Australian dudes own this big sports bar. Um, it's really? kind of like everything, you know, like one or two of everything. So what did you do? You were there teaching English. So I taught English for a year, and then um, my friend, I became friends with this Chinese family, and the Chinese guy. But uh, like pretty westernized Chinese family, they had gone to school abroad and everything, and moved back. They're in their mid thirties. The Chinese guy owned a company, yeah, and was running this cell phone manufacturing company. So I was about to move home, and he was like, "Hey, why don't you just come to work for my company? You can do like I'll pay you, but you can be like an internship." Were you enjoying yourself at this point? I was just about to move back to the U.S., but I liked it. I was just yeah. going to move back because I didn't want to teach English anymore. I did it oh, for right. one year, and I was like, "That's kids are annoying." You talk yeah. Ch- Chinese kids or white kids? Chinese kids English. They're brats. No, it was fun, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do right. for my life. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, time to move on. Yeah, the else. people who t- stay Eng- teaching English are like, look, I'm here to drink on yeah. weekends. I'm here it's to fuck, have some fun. Yeah. And I'm just teaching English as like a thing. It's like being like a, like a bartender or something. Yeah. Like a waiter. You're like, I'm going to do this through my 20s and just like <laughs> yeah. rip it up. I don't want to do this, though. Yeah, exactly. So... um he was like, yeah, come work for me at my cell phone company. So I worked there for like six months. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. It was just, it was a factory making cell phones in China. I was the only non-Chinese person there. Really? Yeah. Did they look I was, up to you as the boss? What's that? Did they look up to you as the boss? Well, he was the boss. Oh. But I was buddies with him. So like, it was just like, they, he was just like, yeah, just sit there and uh, I don't know, like, here, read this book, have, have some fun. Yeah. So I just kind of went in the office every day. And then three months into that, we came up with the idea of doing Mr. Softy. And so, you and the guy? Well, myself, him, and my roommate from college whose grandfather started Mr. Softy oh. in the 50s. So that's how the Softy. That was your in. That was my in, yeah. Why would you see a fucking vacuum of, of soft serve? Yeah. 
there was no well there was a, the only soft serve there was like McDonald's had these windows they would have the McDonald's but then yeah. on the street side they'd have a window they would have lines of like 20 people all the time where they just had soft serve at the window oh really yeah like an extra window in the middle of a city yeah and so um, yeah I was like let's try I don't know let's try a softy truck <laughs> wow have you been to get big guy ice cream shop around here I've, no. it's all only soft serve but okay right. so you were like fuck it let's do this yeah I was like fuck it let's try it and so um, his dad we're like yeah this is gonna be awesome like his dad owns Mr. Softy so like we'll just run it for him he'll p- spend all the money and we're just like yeah dude we'll, and we're like 23 year old kids mm-hmm. you know and so then we talked to him and he was like yeah I have no interest the grandfather the, no the grandfather died the father my uh, friend's okay. dad ran it now and he had no interest in like I'm not looking to start in Shanghai yeah he's like I'm not looking to go to China with this business but if you guys want to do it you can like we can negotiate a contract you can be like de- buy the rights for me you can develop the brand in China but you'll have to kick back like a percentage to me or money to me you know like yeah. a franchise deal uh-huh. you know and so we're like alright let's do that so we built one truck we got some money together built one truck and opened one store how do you build the truck he gave us the plans like the floor plan and then I found a factory in China that could do it and they took it was like a different shell um, this Iveco this Italian company but then they re-outfitted the inside to look exactly like a Mr. Softy truck whoa so we found like the ice cream machine company like the soft serve to make it to yeah we bought the machine from them we found out they were already selling in China um, we found this like comp- this American company that just opened in China that was selling soft serve because you can't buy soft serve from Chinese dairies. Why? Because the milk is like super contaminated and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so like Chinese people, most Chinese people don't trust Chinese dairies for the most part, you know? And so, oh. so these American guys had gone over there, they were importing milk and mixing it into soft serve mix. And like, luckily they started like six months before we did. And then we found toppings. Like we went all around oh, so China. You, you got there, like who they bought from and stuff. Um, so they sold it to us. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we found toppings guys. We found a cone dude who could make ice cream cones. Do lychee? Do you want to do like special toppings? Yeah, we have like green tea, yeah. green tea ice cream. We have red bean. Yeah. It's like the ice cream, the red bean thing. The ice cream, it's like a blizzard basically, you know? Yeah, like a Dairy Queen. Blizzards, yeah. But the, the ice cream tastes like, um, like a rice cake. Red bean? No, but then there's red bean on top, like actual red uh, beans on top. What kind of ice cream is it? Tastes like rice cakes. Weird. It's weird, but people love it. Yeah, fucking Chinese. That's what I learned. It's like not up to me. Yeah, you know, it's not my taste. That makes sense. Like what serve the customer? What's gonna go? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we have a lot of that kind of stuff. We have kiwi ice cream. I don't know if they have that out here, but I don't know if they have the ice cream. They have it as a topping. Sorry, kiwi topping. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What um. So what challenges did you face opening up? Like how how easy was it to get started? Or like how did you get started? Where did you park? Yeah, it's not easy at all. So um, what what's cool is when you want to start a business, at least in the city I'm in, they give you what, we, what you would have to pay for in America. You'd have to pay for like a consultant or something to help you start a company. Yeah. But there they give you one for free because they know a it's consultant. super. consultant. Yeah. In the area I was in, because it was like a pro business area yeah. in Suzhou. And so they give you this guy for free who works for the government and then walks you through all the steps. He's like, because there's a thousand different papers and forms you have to fill out. It's super bureaucratic, right? So you have to get stamps and all kinds of stuff. So that was, I think it took us seven months just to open the business, like on the government side, just to get all this, everything stamped and approved. You have to prove your, 
the amount of money in your bank in America. So they trust you to do it? You need your bank in America to sign and all this stuff and send it out back to you. Yeah, so they'll trust you so that you have enough money to run your business and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that took, that was a long time. Then you have to get like hygiene licenses. It's crazy the amount of permits and licenses you need, you know. But and so, you can't. I mean, do you know Chinese well enough to talk to the Chinese government like that? At that point, no, yeah. not at all. But this agent guy like helped us out, and it's in his best interest to help you start a business because the more businesses he helps starts, he gets a commission from his job. Oh, really? To help you set up. But he works for the government. He works for the government, and all the government's crooked, right? Or is just um, half. It's it's hard to say. Like it's certain certain things it is, certain things it's not. You know, we the area we opened up in we thought was like pretty above board. Okay, you know? and it's just it's so splintered that it's it's hard to control everybody. It's so hard to explain, but it's it's hard to control everyone, right? So it's like one top government dude who could be totally by the book, but there may be some guy in some village like a thousand miles away who he he only checks in on once a year, and that guy's just totally you know gotcha. shady. Gotcha. So that makes sense, yeah. It's not as like I would say organized as the US government corruption. Would be in that sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean right. also here, like this is maybe getting a little political, I don't know if you're interested, but sure. it's so I would say that election there's no elections there. Right? Yeah. So then elections is where a lot of legal corruption comes from in the US. Because when a guy wants to run for an office, he has to raise money. Right, they don't have to raise money. They don't have to raise money, so then there's no form of legal corruption. Like, you're not paying... In the U.S., you're paying a guy... A a company would pay the candidate so that if he wins, he'll do stuff in their favor. Yeah. Right? But in that... Since there's no elections, then there's no opportunity to legally do that. So it has to be illegal. So it has to be It has to be be a straight bribe. Yeah, basically. Right, because there'd be no reason to be like, why, why, why is Sears paying you? Yeah, or you like hire you hire the guy's nephew to work in your company or something like that. They do a lot of that. Yeah, there's stuff like that happens. Right, right. Yeah. So therefore, you take care of his. Okay, business. so you you dealt with them. This guy helped you deal with them. So he helped us deal with them. Yeah. So we opened the truck, <clears throat> our first truck. So there had not been no I, no food trucks at all in China before this. Um. And so when we opened, it was like we had to go. I had to go have meetings with Chinese government officials yeah. and show them videos of trucks in America and just explain that the goal was not to run over their kids on the street. <laughs> it wasn't that they were looking what? for bribes necessarily. It's just they didn't have any clue what we were even trying to do. Zero concept. Barely any concept. A couple of them had been like, oh, I've seen a movie from the 70s. And there's an ice cream truck. Yeah. Like, I know what that is. But uh-huh. most of them had no idea. So you'd be like, yeah, we're making ice cream on this. Then they tried to like make us a manufacturing company. They tried to give us a permit for manufacturing, like a factory. And we're like, no, we're not manufacturing. We're just selling soft serve on a truck. They're like, well, we don't have a category for that. Oh. So technically, like when you put the ice cream into the you're machine, making a- you're like manufacturing. <laughs> what would you have that had to pay more tax and stuff that way? Or something? yeah, and then we would need to get all these permits for like what a warehouse would need to get, mm-hmm. like fire codes on the truck and everything, you know. Yeah. And so, like, there's no so, evacuation process. Yeah, exactly. So we worked our way through that, and then um, I don't know what's happened. Truly, what's happened since then. So we opened with one truck, and then we built two trucks, and three trucks, and four trucks. They were going really well. And then... Trucks- wait, 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 wait. Before you get to that. Oh, okay. So you're... And how was it going well? You were just parked somewhere and fucking... There was no competition. Yeah. And so we would... Um, 
we had to get permits for every stop we went to. Yeah. So we had to like map out the city and be like, okay, we want to stop at these 10 places around the city. But then to get the permit was super easy because once the government saw one of our trucks and then their kids came and their kids loved it. And they it, liked it. Yeah. Wow. So then they got to know it. And so they got to know it. And then they were just, they were like, this is cool. And we were getting, like we were in the New York Times. Um, we were in a bunch of like the China Daily, which is like the USA Today of China. Yeah. We were getting a bunch of positive press and it would all mention the city and the neighborhood in the city in it. So they liked it. So it was cool for them because right. they were like, wow, this is great. Like we're, you know. They're doing it right. It's like a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so then whenever we'd ask for stuff, they'd be like, yeah, sure, go for it. And we weren't, it was all totally, cl- like the ice cream was clean. It was the hygiene license were all there. We were employing local people. We were paying all the taxes we needed to. So everything was above board. It was going well, you know. And uh, their kids loved it. And people were coming. There were lines and stuff. Yeah, like huge lines. It's awesome. Yeah, it was doing really well. Yeah. yeah. So should we get okay, to the Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, we found some people stealing from our, from our truck. Which employees? Employees were stealing, yeah, which can happen anyway. Were they stealing money? Yeah, first they were taking, just selling ice cream cones and then putting the money into their pocket, not out of the, um, you know, not putting it into the register. And so then we noticed, um, like, the amount of money we were supposed to be making per cone was going down. Because if like, you sell... Are you guys breaking all the cones? What's happening? Yeah, exactly. You're just breaking it? Or, like, yeah, what's going on? And so... Um, we started to investigate it a little bit and we noticed that um, the, like, we like, okay, we're like, at the beginning of the day, we'll count. There's 100 cones. And at the end of the day, they say they come back and they said they sold 50. There should be 50 cones left, right? right? But then they would come back and they would say they sold 50, um, but there were only like 20 cones left. So then there's means 30 cones. What happened to those? Right. And so those are clearly, they were just selling them, right. not doing it. So we started counting. And then for like a couple of weeks after we counted, like the profit like went back up. Because they knew you were counting? Yeah, because they couldn't do that anymore. Right. But then it started going down again. We're like, oh, what's going on now? We found out that they found a place to buy their own cones that looked like our cones. Oh, shit. And we're selling it out of their own cones. Oh, God. And Fucking, well, there's a will, there's a way yeah, to exactly. steal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, like, okay, we're going to put GPS um, on the trucks. Because what they were doing is they would leave our warehouse and then drive to their own warehouse, load up on their own cones, and then go out and serve for the day, and then make sure it all matched back up at the end before they came back. <laughs> yeah. And so we put GPS on the trucks. We busted a couple guys because they would go, like, we caught them going off their roof. What did you do when you catch them? Um, we just call them in. We're like, we know what you're doing. You're fired. You have to get something, them to sign something right away. Why? Uh, if they don't sign, if they sign, then it's like proof you can go to the government. They're fired. If they don't sign, we found out later, you need video evidence to be able, even if you have all the money proof and everything. Really? You need video. And so. Video? I mean, how is that legal system based on a, a fucking medium have, that's been around for 25 years? I have, no, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what you needed before that. So. Um, <laughs> it just couldn't convict anyone. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, we've never heard of video. It's 1840. We yeah, don't exactly. even know what you're talking about, but we have to wait for it. Uh, so then. All right, so then we had that on the trucks. So GPS going. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can catch you. And so um, then what we found was because they couldn't like sell their own cones anymore, right? So they went back up for a little while and then went back down again. And we're like, oh, what's going on now? Yeah. And we found out that they were watering down the ice cream mix so that um, 
Jesus. They could use our cones, but like it would take less mix. So how would they how would they make money out of that? Wait, actually, I forget how'd that work. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Wait, no, there is definitely a way. They right. giving them free refills or something? Um, Watering down the mix. Oh, sorry. So we started. No. So what we started doing. Yeah, we started. Sorry. Next up, we started. Oh no. So after they started buying their own, um, we started counting the mix. Yeah. That's what you had to do. So just counting the cones didn't work. So we had the GPS, but we still like they could have their girlfriend come bring it to them on the truck. Right. They wouldn't go off the route. So then we started counting the mix, and um, so we knew how many bags of mix added up to how many cones. And so then they started watering down the mix. You had to fire everybody and start. We did. So we fired everyone except for like one person. We fired all the managers, like everybody. We had to start from scratch. And once we started from scratch, we had one person that we kept. You hired all Chinese people? Yeah. Everyone who works with us is Chinese. Yeah. Uh, But I've, I don't know. I've talked to like people in the U S and like people, other people who run companies like, Oh, this happens at my like bar too. Cincinnati or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I bet. We did it at the comedy show. We figure out ways to steal. Exactly, right? It's everything. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so then we hired everyone new. And then since then, it's been good. But we did have a dude when we fired him. One of the guys we fired, he, I pulled into the warehouse. I mean, sorry, into the office. And I was like, hey, man, we need to talk about this. We have all this proof that you've been stealing. Like, you're fired. Yeah. He's like, okay, I just have to go to the bathroom real quick. And then he leaves, and he still had the keys to the truck in his pocket. <gasps> and I don't know what his plan was, but he just drove off in the ice cream truck. Like, he just got into the truck and just drove through town. <laughs> Like, as if you're not going to be able to find so him? you're not going to be able to find him. So, like, I called the police, and um, we called the police, and I was like, hey, this guy, like, we have a stolen, I want to report a stolen Mr. Softy ice cream truck. And the lady was actually like, oh, what is it? Can you report, can you describe the vehicle? I was like, uh, it's the only ice cream truck. But then he also had a cell phone in his pocket. So we just gave him, they're like, do you have a, phone, a way to contact him? I'm like, oh yeah, we have a cell phone number. So they just called him and like, this is a police. You um, go back. Yeah, just go back. And so then he came back and the police showed up and the police just made him say he was sorry. And like, like uh, apologize to him. And he apologized. Like, I'm sorry. And wow, I won't really? do that again. And they're like, okay, go home. Yeah. I mean, no harm done, right? Yeah, there's Except nothing the done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Around. At that time, I was pissed. I was like, "This is uh, Grand Theft Auto." Like, let's it's it. not really. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to make their thing bigger than it really is. Exactly. Yeah. Important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's been wild. So, um, to continue that part of it, so then we fired these guys. So, but then what happened is when we fired everyone, they all then went and opened trucks that looked like crappier versions of our trucks. Like cheap, they did it on the cheap. I saw it, and then parked right next to us. Parked right in front of you, like inches away. Like that's not an exaggeration. Honestly, right? I mean, I passed one of them, and it looked like you guys had two trucks. Mm-hmm. It was painted exactly with the blue on top, a little space. Exactly. And the weird thing is the zoning in in Shanghai and around those places. It's like, oh, you'll have eighteen hardware stores in a row. Yes. They're like, why don't you guys space out? How are you going to get business? I, I don't know how that works. It's a, I know car dealers in the U.S. do the same thing, but I don't know why. I mean, at least when they have like auto like places like that, where it's like, um, if you got to be looking for a Toyota or a Honda or sure. a Ford, so you'll go to that place and that's yeah. just the area. But there, it's just like I just need a washer. Yeah, and exactly. Screw, like, and why? they all look exactly the same. Yeah, like on the ends has to be the best. I would think so. I don't know how one guy sells more yeah. washers than the next. Yeah, guy. you can't like charge more because you'll be like, well, hold on, let me see the competition's price. They're right next door. And it doesn't make sense for one guy to own all of them and just corner the market because you, you just own yeah, one. Why, why, why open? Like, forget the first 17 people. Why is the 18th person saying, I'm going to open up here? 
Exactly. And that's what I don't understand about with the ice cream trucks. Is that you're right. There, it got to a point where there would be nine ice cream trucks yeah. that all looked exactly like ours parked right next to us. Wow. The second one I could see, it's like, I think we could take sure. care of his business. He's got a ton of business. But then it's like, find your own neighborhood. Yeah. Get your own corners. It's just like lack of vision in your theft, in your plagiarism. I mean, clearly... Because the truck looks exactly like ours. The menu would be our exact menu. The prices, exact really? same prices. And they'd be using cheap product? Cheaper product. And it would even say, they wouldn't even change the menu. They would take a picture of ours and then copy the, because I, I don't think they spoke English, so the English would be word for word. It would say like softy cone, softy shake. Really? Sure. Yeah. What did you do? So we went to the government and that's when we realized, oh, we can't do anything. Why? I don't, they had known, even the higher government guys who I knew were saying, oh, well, in that neighborhood, they know the local guy. Uh. So, first of all, they said it wasn't, it would have, they would have to call their ice cream business Mr. Softy for it to count as, um, uh, what do you call that? It's not plagiarism, but uh, copyright infringement. Copyright infringement. They have yeah. loose copyright laws. Very, there. Yeah, I very, mean, they have stores that are selling like pirated. We talked to lawyers, and lawyers were like, "The big case out there is Starbucks. Starbucks was in a ten-year case when they first came to China." Yeah. Um, what other people doing the same shit? There was this other brand that was pretty big. It had a few hundred stores, and it looked exactly like the Starbucks logo. Uh-huh. There was a ten-year case. At the end, Starbucks won, but they didn't win any money. They just won that the other people had to change their name. So, like, the lawyer's fees for 10 years oh, right. off the charts. So, we're not a massive business. So, our lawyers were like, you know what? You can do something. So You're going to lose. You're going to lose. If you win. Or if, yeah. if you win, they'll just have to slightly change their logo. Same shit. Exactly, yeah. Oh. So, um, anyway, what we've done now is we're, we have one store that's doing really well. And you get nine in a row. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's so frustrating, right? And like Jimmy Schubert would come out and he'd be like, I want to kill these people. Yeah. It's like, you do, but that's after. They're not even on one end. They'll park behind you and in front of you. Exactly. And all my friends, when they look at it, they're like, how do you not just like destroy it? But after a while, it's, you just get like tired, you know? Of fighting. Of fighting. It lasts for a year or so of just like this rage. And after yeah. a while, you're like, this is, I can't do An anything Unwinnable about fight. Unwinnable. So you have to become a better, you have to be better at business, basically. You have to figure out another way to beat the com- competition. And so what's your way? Or leave and go home. Our other way is we've, we opened a store that's doing really well in a shopping mall Smart. in the middle of the mall. And so it's air controlled. That's like the big thing we've realized is that the trucks are on the street, so they have a season. But if you can get in the middle of a mall, there's no season. Mm-hmm. And um, because people are walking around for half the day and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'll have a cone, even if it's freezing outside, right. super hot. And the store's doing really well. So now we're trying to raise money to build like 10 more stores. So there were stores. Stores. And are you still doing the, the, um, the vans? We still have the trucks, yeah. And um, How do those do for you? They do fine, not as good as... Oh, it's also calmed down a little bit. Like, So there was nine at one point. A bunch of those have now gone out of business. So there's like two... That's or, what happened with pot shops. That's what happened with comedians. Yeah. And too many stars. It's like the, the level is going too far down. And people are like, eh. And then you realize you've out-tapped the market. Exactly. Yeah. But luck, So we had the money, because of how well we did the first few years, we had the money to make it through... And now it's back to like two or three. There's still two or three at every spot. So we're doing fine. Yeah. But I think the future for us is not in trucks because any new city we go to, it's going to happen again. So the future is in stores. And then we're going to have like two or three trucks at least in each city for marketing reasons. You know, we can go to where it gets around, where it gets around. It's cool that it's the ice cream truck thing is pretty cool out there. And then you can go to private events or parties or company. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have the truck. Yeah. Um, and then in the stores, we'll have like to- like 
Playlands that have the looks like an ice cream truck. Oh, so you should kids, make one of those for like adults too. That's a good idea. Yeah, so that way, one, adults can play because they want to, and two, pedophiles can play with children. For, we have a, there's a long history of ice cream trucks and pedophiles. We're <laughs> yeah. trying to avoid. <laughs> there is a, huh? Um, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. And in the meantime, you're doing stand-up. Yeah, and I'm doing stand-up. How's the scene out there now? It's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. We opened, I started doing it. You don't smoke drugs, do you? No, I don't smoke. Thanks, though. Yeah. Um, I never did, which was good for moving to China because then I never, never had, had problems. Fall off. Yeah, <laughs> I had like three or four days without, and then whoever, some girl there was like, I have some. I was like, yeah, oh it wasn't yeah, good, yeah, but it was yeah. good enough. Yeah, it was great enough. Yeah, yeah, it was great enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a Hong Kong that I get uh, American weed. In Hong Kong, they have it. <laughs> yeah, from California. Yeah. Hong Kong, yeah, it's so different from <laughs> so much different where we are. The cops have guns there. It it fe- yeah it, it almost feels like. Obviously, it's not like going back to America, but it is like getting out of China. It is almost like going, it's like going halfway home, and it's like a two-hour it's two-hour flight. I mean, that's where I figured out the uh, the, the mainlander, mainlander thing, which yeah. is hilarious in the special. Such an insult. <laughs> really, maybe half a half a percent of my fans understand what that Got means. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a massive Hong Kong following now? No, but I realized Based off that you're the yeah. champion for <laughs> champion. Hong Kong. Uh, I talked to them. They're like, "It's very racist out here." I'm like, "What do you mean? You're all Chinese?" It's so like, racist. Yeah, you'll wait till you see it. Yeah, they really. I mean, all the the comedians will do it on stage and get roaring applauses about how these fucking mainlanders, like these stupid mainlanders, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> it really is like rednecks and city people. You know what it is? Yes, except but Shanghai is such a big city; they're not rednecks either. No, of course, right? But it's the dynamic. I would say a closer um, comparison would they're be immigrant people. What French people thought of us, maybe still do, but definitely did Have twenty no years ago, because of the fact that. What adds to it is that Chinese people are now becoming rich. And they don't know how to handle their money. And so it's not necessarily the red, red redneck. It would be rednecks if they were super loaded and were just coming in here to but New York. But they're on vacations and they pack in fucking boxes, raw turkeys. It's just in a box. And like, True. you can't check that on, man. You can buy turkey oh, there. I know, I know. I know. That's it's the fucking, other thing. It's fucking mainland behavior. It's that they're all just getting the money to travel now. I'm not yeah. an apologist. And they don't know how to do it. No, explain it. It's, so what it is, it, it is like probably what Europeans... From what I've heard, Europeans thought of us maybe like 20 years ago or something. Like, oh, these stupid Americans, they come over, they're fat, uh, they're loud. They use the bus. Or yeah, the they this, don't yeah. know how to, and they have so much money. And, and so it's, it's really that dynamic. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. And so these Chinese people are just getting the money to travel now. I love I'm speaking for an entire yeah, do billion it. and a half do it. people. It's great. It's great. But um, they're just getting the money to travel. And so it's not the people from Shanghai and the cities that are causing the problems, it's the people who've never. Like, never left anywhere, and they get on some big, there's a big tour group from their city, some travel agents, like, okay, a hundred of us, we're getting in a bus, and we're going to Hong Kong, or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's their first time leaving anywhere. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and that's what's, it gets annoying. There's some, like, poverty there, though. There is. That's actually, I was just in Indianapolis, and um, that's a big difference between China and here. What? That... Well, the cities are cities, right? They're nice. You can get around. I mean, there's po- there's poverty in the cities. Yeah. But when you go, like in America, if you go to a city in the middle of nowhere, um, it's still nice. They still have cable. Right. They have indoor heating. Right. Indoor plumbing. You can hang out in Indianapolis and be like, oh, this town's cool. They got yeah. bars. They got comedy clubs. They got whatever. Yeah. If you go, if you leave a city in China and go to a, what would be the equivalent of like an Indianapolis, it's just nothing, right? It's. What do you mean nothing? 
uh, like we, no plumbing. No, there'll be pl- I don't know. There's plumbing, but you'll just be freezing all the time. Like the indoor, like there's not heating. There's if you turn on the TV, no one's. They don't get all the stations everyone else gets. Oh, really? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's changing now, but it, there's definite drop off. There's no there's way less restaurants you would go want to go to. There's no beers on tap anywhere. It's just bottles of a couple different. They don't get everything that the cities get. Why not? You know? They're just it's just small. not there yet. It's just not that wealthy of a country. Oh, place like Wuxi. Wuxi would, but basically the cities we went to are all, that's the richest part of China. Those are all cities. Yeah, it's all that's like the, the East Coast. Live. Yeah, it's all on the East Coast. Uh, so there's no real expats that live in the rural parts. There'll be like one or two. Just like adventurers. Adventurers, yeah. People, they might be there for a year teaching English or they work for uh, some aid organization or something like that. Oh, right. You know. Nobody's yeah. opened up businesses in a city of like 50,000. No, no. I mean, no one's opening a business in a city of a million. Oh, there's cities of a million that, don't, that have like two stoplights. Oh, really? Yeah. Jesus. And it's just built on top of itself. It's just a million is just not big there, you know? So Wuxi we went to, which, again, no one's ever heard of. It's like six million people there. No, no one's heard of Wuxi. Exactly. And there's six million people. That was the worst stop on the tour. (laughs) It was just a bar show. Yeah. We're all screaming. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. It was just probably the worst one. Yeah, Wuxi gets rowdy. Yeah. I heard the Shanghai Club fucked you guys over. It did. What happened? He took your idea and ran with it. He just like Burma. Exact. Is that what happened in Burma? I think it was either Burma or somewhere else. But I thought Burma, but maybe somewhere else actually. That they pretty William much Childress. Or something? I think he still has. Yeah, his place. no, he's there. It's yeah. not there. But they like maybe, maybe Mian. No, that's the same shit. S- somewhere maybe. else. Well, it yeah. happens because. But they go. Uh, we need you like come bring a show here. So they had to bring sure. five people, four people on an MC, and they say, okay, cool. Do that again. Mm-hmm. They did it a couple times, you know, once a month or something. And they yeah. go, you know what? Um, now this is a little scene in in this town or whatever. So um, we're going to supply an MC, or you just yeah. bring an MC in the last two guys. We'll supply the first two guys. Okay, but our scene's cool, and they got yeah. like less and less. So they like just bring an MC, and then it was like, see ya. We don't need you anymore. We and they were booking here. international shows, or no? I think they were just booking their own. Oh, okay, yeah. But it was like a, a takeover. Okay. So how did yours go down? It's a little worse. Yeah. Um, what happened was Andy Curtin. So we had this club in Shanghai that you played at. Yeah. Right. And it was a bar that was doing okay, but just there's a thousand bars in Shanghai. Yeah. You have to do- clear out all the seats for the shows. Yeah. The- oh yeah. The bar was just a bar. It was just a bar, mm-hmm. right? And so um, Andy and I, Andy basically went to them a few years ago and was like, "Hey, I- they had this back room that wasn't being used. So what happens a lot, right? Like I want to take that back room. I'll do a once a week." open mic or something yeah. you guys sell the drinks you know we'll we'll take the door whatever pack it for you we'll pack it for you so we started packing that once a week and then twice a week and then three times a week uh-huh. and then we got up to five nights a week of just that place just that place just- the, the small room you wow in, right yeah so we're getting like 80 people in there whatever it is and they're selling all the drinks and um it's mobbed it was mobbed it was packed yeah and then we started running these international tours we brought you over Jimmy Schubert, guys like that, right? Uh-huh. We do those once a month, and that brings like 300 people in, something, once a month. On top of this five nights a week, we're doing everything. Wow. And um, then we brought a comedian named Joe Klosik from San Francisco over, and he stayed for two months. Yeah. Last fall, so like October, November. He stayed for two months? He stayed for two months and was doing kind of his own show every Friday and Saturday night. One was like a variety show, one was a stand-up show. Okay. And that was the most slammed it's ever been. It was like just every single night completely packed. And when that ended, Joe flew back to the U.S. Andy 
Curtin, who runs the club, went on vacation for two weeks back to Australia. Yeah. And the next day after Andy left, the club owner sent a text message to everybody. was like, hey, Andy's out. It's no longer Kung Fu Comedy Club. It's now my comedy club. You're all welcome to perform here. To all the comedians to all in the town? To all the comedians. And because and, he was like, did it when it, it was like so oh, Machiavellian. Oh, he was like, dude, I just left. Yeah, right when he was gone, so he couldn't do anything. Yeah. And, um... And and it was right after the two months. He knew the two months of like packed shows was going to be over. You yeah. Know? And so then it ended. And um, no one stayed. No one stayed with him. N- not a single comedian. Yeah. It was like took him up on his like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll keep performing. So what do you mean? Does he have shows? So it took him three or four months of no shows. And now he's found some like new guys to do his shows and stuff. New like in that. town people? Exactly. Like just basically starting at zero, open mic. Yeah. Open but mic. that's how much the whole scene is anyway, almost. So it's, it's all about three, five years. Three and four years. Yeah, three, right. four years. Um, but still, people are doing it three, four years versus never done before in their life. Right. You can't put on a show with seven people who've never done it right. in their life, right? Um, so then no one stayed with him. It became like, it like galvanized the community because it became like 20, whatever, 25 comedians, and we're all looking for another place to go. Yeah, and do we it. found it within like three days. Where'd, where? Uh, this place called The Camel. It's in the French Concession. Not the old far. place was in the French concession too, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like a mile, from, less than a mile, probably half a mile from there. Something nice. like that. Yeah. So the same neighborhood, same deal. We get a back room. They have the front room. They're cool. Um, it's the same company I do it with now in Suzhou too. So we're like locked in with them. Oh, really? These Australian guys. Yeah, they're really good. And that's just what happened. I mean, he was kind of an idiot, but now he's, so now he's, um, is he getting international people to come there? He's just starting to. Oh, you guys set up the room so we well. Set up, we set everything up. Yeah. Did he take any money from you? No. Uh, from what I understand, he paid. He took. He had taken a loan uh, from Andy, essentially Andy and his investor, but uh-huh. he paid it back. Okay. From what I get, so um, he'd taken a loan to renovate. Why did he want them out? Why do you want you guys out? Just pure greed. I mean, it was greed. It's like things are going great. Things are going great. Everybody has that idea. It's like, I can do this myself. I don't need them. And it's like, they had the whole idea, man, and they've been running it. And we've been marketing it. I mean, we have thousands. Even if you can run it, it's not your idea. Exactly. It's like a take because you can. Yeah. And a Canadian guy. And um, yeah, it was just pure greed. I mean, it was just. That's not like Canadians. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I but, uh, well, the first question everyone me. asks is, like, yeah. is it a Chinese guy? Is it a Chinese guy? Because like, nah, it seems it's, like they would do that. It was a, it's a Canadian guy. <laughs> Acting like a fucking mainlander. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough, man. But um, anyway, we got out of there. Steve Simone came over. To we, the new place. Yeah, a new place. We'd oh, the video of him lighting off fireworks in the oh, street. Oh, yeah, I was with him. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And then it's like you're seeing it, and all of a sudden, a bus comes by full of people. And you're like, what? This is a, this is a being used street. Yeah, it's no problem. It was just in the middle of the city. On a city street at like midnight, killing them, killing fireworks, like fireworks, like rodeo, not crackers. He's been trying to get illegal fireworks for so long. We went to Chinatown here once, yeah, and he kept going like, um, "Firework, good stuff." You got in the back, <laughs> yeah, I got the back. You got anything back? And he could not ever get anyone. He was like, "I look too narkish." That's true. He does, but so do I. But China- so he found some there. Yeah, well, that was his question. He was like, "Hey, man," he asked me like he would ask Chinatown. He was like, "Hey, man, do you think uh, is there anywhere to get fireworks?" Or I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> every every warehouse, everywhere." <laughs> and he was just like, "So, like, what do you? Is it like can we when can we light them off?" I'm like, "Whenever." <laughs> He's like, "How big?" I'm like, "Dude, like six, seven story high shooting fireworks." He's like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "How much are there?" I'm like, "I don't know, like fifty bucks for like a show." Yeah, a fireworks show for a show is right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, it was cool. So now we do like 10 tours. We do 10 tours a year. I started out there. I started doing comedy. Yeah, a lot of people started out there. I started an open mic at the very end of 2009. And at that time, there was no... I Googled all over the place. There was no anything. Well, you just got the urge to try it? I had a friend who opened a bar. Yeah, I'd, I'd always wanted to try it. And um, we were just at his bar one night, I don't know, drunk. Like, well, we should do comedy. And he's like, hey, I'll, bu- I'll build a stage if you want to do it. And I was like, sure. And then the next day, he called. Wow. And he was like, hey, man, the stage is going in. You're on in three weeks. Wow. Start writing. And it was cool. So, yeah, I started doing it. Got a few friends to do it. And then, you know. Got start bringing people over. Yeah, you got to talk to Childress and some of the other guys. I know Childress. We started together. And get like a run together for people. Oh, I know. We're trying to. Yeah. Get some people um, who are like, you know, some sort of adventurous people. They're like, okay, you can do two weeks. You can do four weeks. How long do you want to do? And like, you know, like, okay, we can put together with all these guys. Offset the cost of the main flights. We're working on that. Because you can do it everywhere Because like Phuket Asia, to Bangkok is like a $100 flight. Sure. So you can get boom, boom right there. So once you get out to Asia, then you can just bounce around. Yeah, and schedule in some off days to fucking do some shit. Yeah. We're working on it. So Childress in Burma, Myanmar, whatever. Um, Then you have these guys in Singapore. There's a few guys, Jonathan Atherton in Singapore. You have Hong Kong. Singapore's one city, though. Yeah, but I went down there and... clean as fuck? I mean, it was clean, but I did... Uh, seven shows in ten days or really? something like that. Between Singapore and Kuala Lumpur, I was they have full time clubs there now. So I was headlining and uh-huh. just bouncing back and forth. So you can, that's cool. I liked being able to stay in one city for like five six days. Yeah, that's like how one place. One hotel, so it's like really get the feel and like start to like all right, go out some places. That's what I did, and then it's only a forty five minute flight to Kuala Lumpur, and the same guy, Jonathan Atherton, owns both of those. So he books you in for both. So you do one weekend one, one weekend the next. Yeah, get together with him. Yeah. We're, we're together with him. And then also, we want to do it like kind of fucking uh, pro sports <laughs> where everyone's in a different city. Where what? This is what me and Segura talked about once. Oh, yeah, because he does it out there. Yeah, but to it. get like, before I went to Thailand, but that in my head, it was like a year and a half ago. It's like, we should all do it. Like, if it's like Hong Kong, Shanghai, Beijing, and uh, I don't know, somewhere else, mm-hmm. it's like you just mix it up every week. You well, know, that's you switch the, off. That's the issue, though, is no one's doing every week. Oh, right. Um, so everyone does once a month. And like, so. Korea is cool, but they do it four times a year. Oh, right. Japan has nothing yet. I think they're just starting. Japan has something. I've heard of it. I've looked Tokyo? everywhere. Tokyo doesn't have shows? I've heard of people going to Tokyo to do shows. I think the guy's like, if you're here, you can do a show. Right. But they're, I, I don't know if they're flying people in yet. Right. Maybe they're just starting to if they are. But, I mean, there's Lao. Is there anything in Lao? There's a guy who just contacted me. I'm going to do, that's what I was saying, maybe later in the summer or maybe in the fall if it's too hot. But it's a Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand run. Bam. It's all looped together. Yeah. It's like 10 days, I think, or two weeks maybe. Of all that. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Shit, yeah. So I'm going to. Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, then you go to Lao from there. Yeah. I don't know. He might run something there too. I don't know if there's anything there, but fucking, you know, Um, make it last over like. Two weeks. And people are doing India now. Also, India. That's pretty big. Uh, I think you can do like a month in India. I, I don't feel know like any of those people. That's that a way. big uh, gang rape area that every comic, since we contribute to rape culture, should go there to study. It would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't be offended by the jokes. Probably not. They'd yeah. be like, yeah, and so? <laughs> Where's the punchline? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, your comparison is not working. It's not a terrible <laughs> thing you're talking about. Setup and setup? 
I say, <laughs> dude, I took a class on this guy, Peter Chen. He was the worst. And uh, he taught a class, and I was like, I'll let you audit it one one a comedy class? Yeah, and I was like, I'll for sure go audit it. Absolutely, I'll be there to see what's up. Okay. And he would teach just the dumbest. I mean, the idea of a workshop <laughs> class is not the worst. He go, the is way this recently? They, or? No, this is seven, eight, ten years ago. Oh, okay. But he ran it like you do five minutes. It's like, cool, everybody enjoy it, whatever. Okay. And then um, he'd be like, cool, now do the same five minutes again. And he might have gone one at a time and then started over. Because do these same five minutes again. This time, everyone stop you at points that they were like unsure of. Okay. That in terms of that, that's not a terrible way to like okay. run yeah. workshop material with like your friends. But the way he said it, he was like, "There are three parts of the joke. <laughs> no. One part is, is set up. Uh, second part is set up." No, he did punchline. <laughs> yeah, and he's also like, I don't. I say don't stand, sit down on stage because it's not called sit down comedy. It's called stand up comedy. So I stand up. A lot of people they take mic out and walk around, but it's not called walk around comedy. <laughs> no, it's called stand up comedy. So I just, I stay, I stay right here. Yeah, he was pretty great. He's pretty great. I did a um, class one time. And I bought. I got a video. Like, so when I started in two thousand nine, there was no, there was no one to learn from. There was no. Oh anything. yeah. Do you have YouTube yet? I don't even. Yes, but um. No so VPNs. It's Chinese. I think I just searched like how to do stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was no clubs. There's no open mics. There's nothing. And so I bought this DVD online. Really? Yeah. And it got delivered Who? to me. Oh, I forget the guy's name. Oh. Um. He was out of L.A. An older guy, I can't remember. Dean something? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean something. Yeah. That was he did it. it at the comedy store all the time. Oh, did he? Yeah, he taught it in the belly room. We had a comedy class. The Dean, or the something Dean. Like, I was the king, dude, because then I passed it around, and then everyone watched <laughs> Did you really? Well, yeah. Wow. Like, no, like two or three people. I was like, they were like, how do I do comedy? I'm like, I don't know. Oh, watch, watch this. this. Greg Dean. Greg Dean. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went up at the end of that show once. It was like, it's short. Do you want to go on? And I've never killed that hard. Oh, really? After all those fucking, you did it comics. You mean at the end of his class? Yeah. Because oh. they all go up on stage and he goes, fine, you're a real comic now. You did it. You're a real comic. Oh, okay. And it's like, no, you're not. You studied once a week with him for six weeks and then you did comedy one time. Yeah. Well, then the, it was even worse for me because the video was just, it was a one hour version of whatever he taught in six weeks. Oh, yeah. So it was just like blasted through stuff. <laughs> and then the, one of those things you're like, you're watching it, you're taking notes, you're like, okay, yeah, okay. And then in the end, you read back your notes like, I, what? What did I learn? I didn't get anything. What did he teach you? Yeah. Um, I think so. It was like. all that. It was like set up, punchline. Yeah. I did this other one. This guy was like, what race? What, like, First, go around, tell us what race you are, and then you go around, and they're like, okay, use your race. <laughs> like, that's looking back at the worst advice. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, how can I get it? It's like, you're Indian? To- sure. Make Indian jokes. Do jokes about having a dog <laughs> on your forehead. Sure. It wasn't him. That was some other dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I read a book once on poker tales, and it was written in like the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cano or something like that was his name, but um, Caro's Book of Tales. And uh, it broke down to racial. But oh, really? now, uh, the African American will be more brash. They will try to out. I mean, some of that really? shit's real. I learned that if an older white man yeah. is throwing co- coins at you, is throwing chips into the pot, just fucking get out. They bluff so rarely. Oh yeah. And they want to be done. They'll go back and forth, and they want to be done. They're conservative. Wow. They get involved sometimes, like too much. But they, when they're fucking throwing coin at you, just get out. Do you play? They're raising you. I no. I used to in L.A. They have so many clubs around Southern California. It's like rounders. 
No, I imagine like, this neighborhood. Oh, here you probably. Knock on the door and, probably here. Yeah. I don't know what the Indian casinos are here that have it. I don't even know what they are. Yeah, I have no idea. I've been too busy to play poker. We were walking around the um, Long Island City. I have a friend who lives there. Yeah. We were walking around there yesterday, and there was all these. It was like a, a, it looked like a bar, except it was all blacked out windows. Yeah. And then it said Irish Sons of New York or something. And then there was another one, like Italian Sons of... Really? They just look like straight mafia places. Yeah. Maybe they, they, they are. But you should go in there. All like, hi, guys. I know. Hey, can I get a beer? What do you... Yeah. <laughs> Guinness? <laughs> you, ever see, uh, you ever see Train Spotting? Yes. Long that time guy ago. Comes, that big fat guy comes in. It's like, hey, Manchester one today. That's pretty good. You guys got a restroom, <laughs> I guess? And they all like, put their knives down and then went back there to beat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to take their knives. They don't want to like, accidentally kill anybody. Would have been me. Oh, it smells nice out here now. Anyway, all yeah, right. It does. Well, so that's your adventure of fucking Mr. Softy in China. Yeah, I guess so. That's it. And you're just going to keep doing that, like get bigger and bigger in China and like... Well, hopefully. I mean, I personally, I want to move back to the U.S. Um, I have a friend who's running the Mr. Softy thing now. Yeah. Because like the com- running the comedy club and then I'm touring a bit around Asia now. Yeah, nice. Time, nice. You know? Yeah, you got to be away. You got to be away. Yeah, so you're gone for 10 days or two weeks or whatever. Because they want you want you out for a while, and so yeah, 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 it's tough to just go. So I have a friend who's running it, and um, yeah. So the goal is to have him continue running it, be able to raise this money, but help be self sufficient. Be self sufficient, and so then if I move back to the U.S. and do comedy, which is hopefully I'm doing, I'll have some money, like passive money, coming in, so I don't have to, so I can at least live. You know, yeah. so I'm not making a lot of money, obviously, when I start. How does the New York and L.A. comedy shows that you've done compare to the ones you've done in and around Shanghai? I haven't done New York yet. I've done L.A. And then I, whenever I go back to California, like Sacramento and stuff, I always do sp- spots. Um, it is a little weird doing comedy in front of all Americans. Right. Because I started out there. And so... And that's like... Europe, mostly Europeans, bad. mostly Canadians, mostly Australians. It'll be some Americans, some... Yeah, Europeans, Canadians... Americans um, probably make up what percentage of the crowds there? Maybe like 30, 40%. Oh, really? That it's, high? It's, it would probably be the highest percentage, but it's also Americans who are like lived abroad. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, in one sense, if you can play to all these people, like it works, you know, but you have to stop relying on too much international stuff, too many references to like sports teams in Europe that people haven't heard of or, right. or whatever, you know? Um, so then, so I started a couple of years ago. I started coming back and doing shows in LA and stuff, and just like, okay, I need to get more personal. Oh, right. Because then that can relate. That's why I know it's a lot about in. I mean, in Thailand too, it's a lot of the jokes are. Well, you know what? No, I didn't notice as much in Thailand. But a lot of the jokes are in general like, look at this new experience I'm having out here. Sure, or it's about the city yeah, they're that in, they live in, which I think a lot do you of people believe when they, start they do the out, checks this way, or you know, like the exactly right. And so I, I what happened was like two years ago. Or maybe a year ago, whatever. I went to LA, yeah, and I was doing some spot in uh, I don't know, Ha Ha Cafe or something. Do you know that place? Yeah, yeah. And the guy who went on before me was just destroying, but I wasn't. What, what Glendale jokes? It was all that. Yeah. It was like I didn't know. I never even. I I did not know one stereotype of an Armenian, but then I came out of there and knew like a hundred. <laughs> yeah. And it was just destroying, but I didn't get any of it. And in my head, I was like, Oh no! Like this is me. Yeah. But in China. That was two years ago, I think. And so then at that point, I was like, I'm not writing one, one of those until I have at least like a half an hour of me, like, you know, like personal stuff. Right. And yeah, I had that when I moved to New York. You wanted to write like subway jokes and shit, but then you're like, hmm, I bet everybody's done that. Yeah. That's also, 
the thing. And then when you start out there, no one's done anything yet. So it's so easy. Yeah. It's so like tempting. You're the first one to tackle a subject. And you also don't necessarily know that that's not the thing to do if you haven't traveled around yet. You know? And then you see somebody else doing it in an environment you don't understand. And you're like, oh. Oh, that's what I'm doing. That's what I am. I'm doing the same. <laughs> yeah. Explaining comedy. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the biggest adjustment. So you try to get more personal, right? So you my personal. sister said this to me. Yeah. Or whatever. else, if you want to talk about your experience in China or something, you can do it in a way, like frame it in a way to where people can get it if they've never been there. Yeah. Know? Like I'm doing some shit about about going to China, mm-hmm. but I realized like it would be what anyone's a lot of it would be what anyone's material would be about the same experience. Yeah, but I guess if you personalize it. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway. Yeah. What are you talking about out there? I mean, what? Or is this new stuff? No stuff I got since right since then. Oh okay. Shit squats. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Shit squatting the um. That's rough. Yeah. Well, I have gotten used to that. I prepared when I went to Thailand. I bought a bunch of like uh, individual packed uh, Kleenex ahead of time. Yeah, you have to have those. Yeah. They don't all. They don't mostly don't have Kleenex. Yeah, in yeah, it's great. So I was like, I was like, now nah, I'm prepared. Now I'm aware of the situation. I took a couple of bad dumps in Thailand and at the full moon party in Koh Samui, like garbage. Oh, I've never been to that. Oh, like the grossest toilets. Really? You're like, I'm going to hover above here and fucking shit out this diarrhea. Also, it's like every 22-year-old European is there. Yeah. Yeah. We saw a lady shitting on a rock. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like a big rock? Yeah. And then we were like, she's shitting or fucking? We couldn't tell. It was like just in the moonlight. Like, is she just sitting there? Is she smoking? Or she... And then she like gets up and runs along the beach the other really? side. Like, oh, she was shitting. Yeah. It's, That's uh, an insane... Would you go back to that? It was a pretty cool party. Yeah, I, I'd yeah. go back if I was in the area. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, man. It was pretty fun. It was like very non-Thai. It really was like Europeans it's, coming to party. I think it's there, like Cancun. Uh, yeah, it just happens a little to better, be in Thailand. But, yeah. It really has nothing to do with Thailand. Yeah. It's this beach that could be in, you know, the, the Florida Keys or, you know, Cabo or Cancun, just, anywhere. It's like they just do this once every full moon. They do half. But that's like every. Become commodified. But it's all about just partying now. And you just party all night on the beach. And they just go bananas. Yeah. It's like, it's a that fun party. For that reason, I would go. But the rest of Thailand, I would get more rural with it. I'd fucking yeah. go down a raft on a river and like find lodging in some place. Yeah. I want to do that in Southeast Asia. Yeah. I've been, when I've been there, I think it was the first time I went, I was like 22 and it was just like yeah. nuts. The second time I did all that. What? Backpacking? No, like elephant riding and all that tourist stuff. Yeah, it's just know? touristy version of it though. Exactly. It's like we're not yeah. actually taking an elephant for transportation. No, no, no. You just like ride around a little For thing. the sake of riding an and elephant. you come back. Yeah. That was all right. I got a real gross job by the street meet this time. Oh, after the... I had, it, I had it in Shanghai. No, I saw this meat. I just wouldn't have the noodles. But I worked up to have the noodles in, in Thailand, even though I full, knew full well it had to be the same fucking gutter oil. Did they say it was? or is it No, they there? did not. I just had the street noodles. I ordered some, and I was like, oh, fuck, that comes in noodle form. All you right. I guess it. I'm eating noodles. Yeah. It's like if it The food's awesome there, though. It's awesome there. I really liked it. No, but in, China, in Shanghai, I had the fucking, just the street meat. Just the this kebabs. We I guess that's okay. Well, there, it's, there's no oil, right? Somebody pointed out later they probably coated in oil, and that grossed me out some, but I didn't think about that then. I mean, I just straight up stopped eating that stuff probably four years ago. Once I saw that video, just You done. were done forever. And previous to that, I was eating it all the time. 
Did you ever talk about that video on Rogan's podcast? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I sent that video to him. <laughs> when it's blooks, it's like... Yeah, the blah, blah, Yeah, it doesn't pour out like water. It pours out like fluid. And the lady's so excited. Yeah. The lady's like, I like, built a house off the my fortune. It's her small business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Killing people. <laughs> I asked my travel doctor this time. She was like, do not eat any of that shit. I'm like, but they do. How do they get away with it? She goes, their bodies have gotten used to this bacteria. Your not body only that, no- but... Well, that's true, but like I have health problems, and they're malnourished. Yeah, there's yeah. that too. And a lot of people I know do have stomach. Really, I've had stomach issues. For I knew I'd have diarrhea years. the whole time I was in Thailand because of China, and yeah. I did have diarrhea the whole time I was you in had Thailand. It the whole time. I mean, there was maybe one solid shit. I went to, yeah, I went to Burma, and did that show with William Childress, and I I got food poisoning, and literally six months. I what? was sick. Six for six months. I didn't have food poisoning for six months, but every month or so. I would wake up in the middle of the night and puke. Wow, really? Yeah, for From six what? months. It, they said it. something stayed in there, you know? Yeah. Like some, I don't some know. Bacteria some bacteria was thriving. Yeah, just stayed and was chilling. Wow. Yeah. Man, the food in Thailand was so delicious. That's the thing. It was really good. I would ask for recommendations. I'd be like, listen, you guys, tell me, please. Yeah. And they'd be like, all right, all right, what do you like, spicy, not spicy? They took it as some sort of... It gets really like, spicy. I'll give you too. something good. Yeah, I love that shit when it lights your mouth up. That sure. black pepper shit from from like Szechuan is also like that. Oh, the yeah, the numb. Yeah, the numb. It numbs you. Yeah, what is that? Um, it's called mala. Like it's spicy numb pepper, whatever. But what? It, it's not. It's not black pepper. They oh, call it black pepper it? sometimes or something like. I don't know. I don't know. It what numbs it, you. Yeah, it your numbs, whole mouth tingles in a different way than spices. Yeah, there's no other you. way to describe it except like a numbing. Yeah. of your mouth. Wow. I had that once in Vancouver, sp- spicy, like, dry salt fish, they call it sometimes, like, just dry. it was so good. Yeah. They had, oh, yeah, because there's Chinese people in Vancouver. Yeah. 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 Is there, have you, since you've come back, is there Chinese places around here that you're like, oh, this is Chinese? Or have you even? <sighs> I mean, I haven't really gone into Chinatown. Yeah. They, they, they shut down real late at night. They're not open late. So, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Shang Wang's took me to a couple places. I was going to say, Shang Wang was telling me that there's like a whole second Chinatown where the Chinese people actually live now. Yeah. It's somewhere out of the city a little bit. Oh, right. Out of... Out of Manhattan. But it's another Chinatown. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, Chinatowns aren't like they... And also, their egg roll here. I, I'm used to American Chinese food. So then it's like, I'm yeah, not so, getting that. So different. Here, yeah. yeah. I'm getting some kind of more authentic shit. They look at me sometimes like, you want all the, the fishes or just the chicken and... I'm like, no, no, give it to me the way you serve it. When um, I'll go for it. When Steve Simone came over, yeah, he was so excited to eat Chinese food. Yeah, and then he's like such a positive dude, you know. So yeah. he couldn't. Like, <laughs> I could see in his face that when I took him to the restaurant, he was so bummed that it wasn't the Chinese food, American style Chinese yeah. food. It was like Chinese Chinese food. He's like, can we go to Chinese food? Can we go to Chinese food restaurant? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we go, and he's sitting there eating, and he's like. He's trying to convince. He's like, "No, this is good. This is good." Yeah. I mean, it's not what I was. He expected it to be good. even better than the kind he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, they chop then, up. I think he got into it later. They chop. I mean, they leave in the like the kung pao chicken. They leave bone in it. That's the thing. They Everything just chop it with a it. cleaver. Exactly, and then oh. you have to spit the bones out. It's like this is finger food. You're popping in with yeah. You're just, then like yeah. you eat a fancy dinner in China, and it's really nice, and everyone's spitting bones out of their mouth at the table. I like the whole fish that uh, me and uh, uh, Andy ate once. That's good. That was good. And then they like reconstitute it, put it back in. So you just like pick it out with chopsticks. Yeah. And that's the thing. My, my Oof, That was good. What was that called? Um, was it like sweet and sour? Maybe. I don't know. But how did they prepare it? Was it orange? 
Yeah, I no. think it was a little orange, but maybe not. I mean, the whole thing, head, but just like cho- like chopped into squares, like a fucking... And fried or not? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's just like sweet and sour fish. It's Basically, it's a fried... They, di- they deep fry the fish and then throw that orange sweet and sour sauce on it. Yeah. And then you just go to town. God, good, good. It's good. And my girlfriend's family, they're Chinese, right? Yeah. And you know how families do this? Like the first time they meet you... And then whatever you order that time, they just assume that's keep your preparing favorite for you. dish. Yeah. yeah. So every time I go over there, they're now they're like, "We got fish for you." And you're like, "I just wanted it once." <laughs> yeah. Jesus, you guys! And they'll go out of the way to order that. They'll, they'll do the whole order, and then the, the waiter will leave, and they'll be like, "Oh no, Turner! We forgot the fish for Turner." They'll like run them down and go back and get it. <laughs> guys, I said it once. <laughs> yeah. Once. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> they said thank you. Oh yeah, they take away any sort of like. And they're trying to be polite. In the future, you know, yeah. But- yeah, I never said friend. it was my thing. When I was a kid, my brother's best friend was like that. He came over once when we were 10, and we couldn't finish our dinner, and so he finished it all. And then from then on, it was just like, oh, Jeff Peak's an eater. And so every time he came over, my mom would prepare extra for him. He was like, I just was hungry once. And he was like so polite, he would just finish it. Yeah. But he was just, yeah. That was nice. My aunt would get so mad, my Israeli people, if I, I didn't finish everything on my plate. So if you, they force a second, like, stuffed potato on you, stuffed, stuffed oh, pepper really? on you. I feel like no, no. And they're like, all right, I'll. And you eat a little bit. They're like, come on. Yeah. And like, like it was like awful. I mean, they're Holocaust survivors, I guess. But like, then don't fucking force it on me. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing too. In in China, what you've learned learned to do is when you're half full, you have to say you're full. Oh really? So then, because they're always going to force more on you. Yeah. And so then you still have. You have to be like, oh no no no, I'm good. Boo boo boo, boo 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 boo. Yeah, I'm just like I'm good. I'm good. I'm bow good. bow. Booyah, booyah. Like, no, booyah. Thank you. No, Go thank away. You. Yeah, That's yeah, you yeah. do the street people too. Yeah, exactly. Ones that bother you. Yeah, in a different context, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's stop this podcast. Okay, I'm gonna try to pick up tickets to Governors Island. Hopefully, hopefully for what? This music festival out here. Oh, but it's all sold out for the day I want to go. Um, all right, buddy. Where can people find you online or yeah. in China? TurnerSparks.com. With, with what, two X, two X's, like a like, like a, three X's, like Bubba Sparks. <laughs> I used to tell people I was related to him. I was a big Is it three X's? No, no, no. It's K S. Okay. Like turn uh, S P R K S, like fire. Okay. And then Turner B Sparks on uh, Twitter. What do you guys use out there? WhatsApp? No, um, Way Weibo. What is it? Uh, it's We uh, WeChat. WeChat, yeah. It's WhatsApp, but for WeChat, yeah. There. That's a big social media thing for you guys. Exactly. It's huge. I, th- I mean, there's a billion people on it or something like that. Are you on there? I'm on there, but you can't find me on there. Like that's, We have to just be friends. Oh. You know? um, yeah, just Twitter or... Oh, no, there's Weibo. Sorry, Weibo is the Twitter of there, but I don't use that. No one uses that anymore. It's dead because the WhatsApp version... Is less... Uh, which is WeChat took over. Yeah. Do any of them have like the Chinese government saying like, oh, you can't say these things on here? Or does everyone go through a VPN? No, well, that's why, that's why they have a Chinese version of everything. Is because t- if it was Twitter, they block Twitter. The Chinese government blocks Twitter and all the Facebook, all so social like, media. We'll so then they'll create their own. But it's all lame because it's like ugh, it's regulated. Can't but it's a lot of revolutionize this. Oh no no no! Yeah, you can't do that. It's a lot of self censorship. But it'll be a company. Some dude will start the company, and then the government will come in and be like, "You can still do this business if you adhere to all these rules." Right right. So right. Twitter is just like no, and so then that leaves open the door for a Chinese company to do the same thing and say yes. Right. Okay. All right. So. All right. Well, so find you on those. Turner Sparks. KS. Turner B Sparks. You're such Twitter. a nerd. I can't believe you don't do drugs out there. No. There's I know. so much out there. I never got into it. Just ever. I don't know. That's okay. Simone doesn't do it either. 
Yeah, I know. We became good friends. Over that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just started drinking. Not over that, but... Oh, yeah, he did just start drinking. I've been drinking for a while. Um, yeah. That's the thing. You can just, like, fall into a few years of drinking. Out there. Out there. Out there, because that's where everyone meets. It seems like that's where all the expats meet. I think, yeah, similar that's to it. New York, maybe, yeah. right? Where everyone's at bars. No one drink sits in their here. apartment at all. Yeah, I drink more. So here. you hang out. And, yeah, Simone, we had... I think he had, like, two or three beers and was like, I'm good, I'm good, yeah, buddy, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony Sparks, thank you very much. It's been awesome, man. Thank if you. you. See a soft serve in uh, Suzhou. Yeah. Maybe Shanghai soon. Hopefully, Shanghai soon, yeah. Mr. Softy. Fucking support only Mr. Softy. Please do. All right, thanks, man. Thank That's you. That's cool. Yeah, I can't believe when I saw one backed up against the other one. It's it was like back to back. Yeah, but. The bumpers were almost touching. It teaches It looked you. like you expanded to two. It teaches you how to accept that kind of stuff and then just be like, all right, what can we do? to improve right. like if we have stores we'll just blanket the market with stores and then when people see the truck they'll be like oh I trust that because I know the store right. if the other one doesn't have a truck like we don't trust that yeah it's a hurdle fuck it gotta jump over exactly I'm living on a Chinese rock all my best things are in Thank you. How did you guys like the episode? I got to go in. It's about to come down. It's about to come down. By the way, we did that episode in my new backyard. Oh, I hope it sounds good because fuck this bag. I'm about to do a lot of podcasts back there. It's so nice. I can do some yard work. Does anybody know vines? Some vines are growing on, on, on the fence. There's one fence that's all wooden and one fence is like that uh, chain, not chain link. You know, it's just the metal fence that you can see straight through what is that called come on Ari you're a fucking English major what happened to your vocabulary <sighs> pick it no it's just the you know the metal fence that goes crisscross and opening about the size of a golf ball in between each you know what I'm talking about anyway so there's vines on it and I want more privacy so I can smoke weed back there if you pick off a piece of vine like actually snap it from from what it's growing out of Will it just grow if I put it into the the the, um, the fence somewhere else? Or do I have to ground it? Do I have to root it somehow? Right now I'm just like like trying to work it in and out of the fence. The openings, you know? It's not lattice. Um, anyway, if anybody knows, let me know. Well, thank you very much for tuning in, you guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, follow Turner Sparks. If you like, but like he said, he's not on Twitter that much. Um, oh man, it's coming! It's coming! It's coming! Shit, the wind is kicking up. I like these. Oh shit, I gotta go! I gotta go! Oh, fuck, where's the opening of this goddamn place? <laughs> I love these summer raids. The East Coast. This is one of the best things for the East Coast. These summer raids. Shit, I'm picking up the pace. Fuck this! All right, you guys. Uh, don't forget, I'll be at Bonnaroo in June. I'll be at. Uh, 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 DC Improv, July 17th through the 19th. Come there, the homecoming. It'll be great. Um, uh, shit, whatever else. Edinburgh, I'll put up all the dates on my website. Some of them are already up there. <gasps> all right. Bye, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. 
here comes Mr. Salty, the soft ice cream man. The creamiest, creamiest soft ice cream you get from Mr. Salty. For refreshing delight to breathe, look for Mr. Salty. My milkshakes and my sundaes and my cones are such a treat. Listen for my store on wheels, jingling down the street. The creamiest, creamiest soft ice cream you get from Mr. Salty. For refreshing delight to breathe, look for Mr. Salty. Mr. Softy brings delicious treats right to your door. Luscious, tempting sundaes. Thick, rich milkshakes. Big, creamy, smooth banana boats. And cones filled way above the top with your favorite Mr. Softy flavor. Watch for the Mr. Softy truck. It's a soft ice cream store on wheels. S-O-F-T-Double-E, Mr. Softy.